Hello everyone, welcome back to Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I'm Bailey Romans, and on this podcast we like to talk about things that have a little bit of a taboo around them, Um, and we like to break the stigma and break the awkwardness around certain subjects, and so along with that, we like to educate. We want you to be educated on ways to help yourself, ways to help others get through these certain circumstances that we all go through. Last time we did a series on mental illnesses and this time we're going to be doing Redeemed Sexuality by Andrew A. Boa. It is a 12 session, so 12 weeks, and we are super excited. We want to give you some practical resources to help you combat some of these sexual issues. And because a lot of churches do not have a program to help people that struggle with pornography addiction and sexual addiction in general, um, hopefully this will help you. This is a good resource. You can find it on Amazon. If you would like to do this at your church or with a small group, if you would like to start it, um, I will have a Dropbox if you want to do this on your own personal time and uh, with the worksheets that you'll need um, to fill out if you would like to participate. And thank you so much for joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. Session 3, Wounds of the Past Sexual addiction and sexual bondage are not so much about sex as about coping with pain within. Last session, you told your story. This required incredible courage and vulnerability to share intimate information with members of your group. The next step in the process is you a process of your story is to deal with the past so that you can move forward in the present. Often we don't process wounds we received in the past either because we are unaware of them or unwilling to face them. Yet if we look beneath our sexual surges and struggles, we will discover that they are related to painful experiences from our past. We turn to sexual stimulation to cope with events and emotions we would rather not think about. We wish we could make the pain go away and, without realizing it, use sexual activity to fill the void. So before we address unwanted sexual behaviors, first we need to process the unresolved wounds behind them. This is hard work, especially after doing the heavy lifting of telling your story. Take heart, your group is becoming a safe place where you can be supported and strengthened as you engage in the healing process. Taking this journey together can help you feel more motivated to make peace with the parts of your sexual history that you wish you would not have happened. It is normal to feel hesitant about this. Allow the Lord to reveal any new insights, as painful and as difficult as they may be, as you take a deeper look into the wounds of your past. The next question they ask is, in your story, what events and experiences were most difficult for you? Um, I know for me, when I first started telling my story and about my sexual experience, um, I just worried about what people would think about me. Because I was a good Christian kid, I was raised in a wonderful home and with great parents and went to church and worked hard and did things in the church. Um, I felt like people would immediately want to take me out of everything that I did when everything I did in church was what kept me in church. And so that was one of the most difficult things about telling my story was that how are people going to look at me? But I had to realize that 
people are people and they're going to think what they're going to think about me. And it doesn't matter because what really matters is how God sees me. And if I can use my story to affect one person and help one life, um, that's really all that matters. Um, I have been able to reach so many people that I wouldn't have if I would have kept my secret in, in the closet, um, so to speak. So... <clears throat> I think that it is very important for us to tell our story because we never know who we're going to reach and what people we could have reached if we didn't tell our story. And so I think it's always best to tell your story, even if you're still working through it, because so many people, it's, it's for people that are still struggling. It's amazing to see someone that still has struggles, but yet overcomes them. And I think that is the most important thing as people. I think we it, to see someone who still actively struggles, but yet they can overcome. Yeah, they may have a slip up every now and then, but they overcome because that that right there makes you have hope for yourself. In order to deal with pain from our past, forgiveness is a necessary part of, he- of the healing journey. This session invites you to begin the process of forgiving those who have hurt you and negatively affected your sexuality. Like telling your story, forgiveness is not a one-time event, but an ongoing journey. You may need to forgive the same person for the same thing again and again. It may be that you are not yet ready to forgive. If this is you, give yourself time to grieve what happened to you and simply recognize how others have hurt you especially if you have experienced sexual assault or abuse. You may want to skip or postpone this exercise because it reopens old wounds in need of great attention. While your small group can provide a safe space for these things to surface, it would be wise to speak to a counselor for deeper processing and healing. Ephesians 4:31 through 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. We're going to interrupt today's episode to let you know about something you can do to help us out here on Breaking Out the Solid Taboo. We have set up, through Anchor, a listener support you can donate however much you want to. It can be monthly. It can be a one-time donation. All of these donations will help towards either getting us some better equipment or whatever extra money we have and whatever money we gain that doesn't get used on on the podcast directly. We will give to Amherst or a charity, anything um, we see fit. Um, If you would like to become a listener supporter, you can see in our show notes, there should be a link or you can go to Anchor um, or on Anchor to our Breaking Apostolic Taboo um, page and you can become a listener supporter there. So if you would, that would be great and help us out and help us maybe get some recording equipment and help us... um, or we can give to Amers or to the Children's Mansion, whichever we see fit to do that month. So thank you so much. And that's all I have for this. I've come today to tell you about an, 
amazing opportunity you have coming up. June 17th through the 19th in Wentzville, Missouri, RKR Global Training is coming to the U.S. Um, RKR training is usually done in Latvia, and they're bringing it to the U.S. this year. And um, the the mission of the RKR Global Training Center is to equip people through on-site and online training to fulfill the call of God on their lives. Um, RKR Global Training Center focuses on equipping people with the knowledge and practical skills to be effective in evangelism and church planning. The curriculum covers topics like multicultural ministry, disciple making, spiritual warfare, gifts of the spirit, evangelism, and leadership. And we are super excited. Me and Taylor will be attending the RKR Global Training. This is a great opportunity that you may have not gotten to experience because it is, you know, usually it would be in Latvia. Um, so it just a couple of things. Um, come expecting practical ministry training, spiritual impartation and empowerment, miracle signs and wonders, and opportunities to minister in the streets. Um, we are super excited about this, and it is $30 a person, and we just want to let you know you can go to RKR Global Training Center and get registered today. Forgiveness. This exercise invites you to take a step toward forgiving those who have contributed to your sexual brokenness. It's best done in pairs, which creates an intimate setting where everyone gets to speak and feeling heard in a way they would not be able to in a larger group. It allows for enough time and space to say the prayer of forgiveness out loud for each person on your list. The strategy of splitting into pairs for personal sharing is a great way to approach many other exercises as well. Ultimately, forgiveness is not a feeling, but a choice. It is a willful act to stop harboring resentment or ill will toward another person. For some hurts, you may need to repeatedly forgive whenever the person who hurt you comes to mind. Forgiveness is a crucial part of the healing process. Although you might not realize it, hidden bitterness can keep you trapped in sexual bondage. You may also need to forgive yourself. As Neil T. Anderson writes, forgiving yourself is accepting the truth that God has already forgiven you. You don't need to continue living in shame over your sins and imperfections. You can acknowledge that despite what you've done, what Jesus has done for you is far greater. If you need to forgive yourself, include your name in the table that will be in our homework um, notes in the Dropbox. By the end of this exercise, you will probably feel emotionally exhausted. If you do end up taking the step toward forgiving those who have hurt you, remember that this is an evidence of the Holy Spirit working in your life, transforming you to become more like Jesus. Number one, ask the Lord to bring to mind any especially painful parts of your story. And number two, think of any people you can forgive the way they hurt or hindered you. For example, things that were said to you or done to you, rejections, unhealthy relationships, bad breakups, family trauma, and scarring experiences. Three, pray the following prayer according to the instructions. No, this prayer is to be spoken to God and not the offender. And I will um, include this prayer in the homework drop box, um, but I will go ahead and read it. Lord, I know I need to forgive name the person first four saying what they did to hurt you even though it made me feel 
share the painful feelings. I confess that when name the person did this, I reacted by identify how you reacted. In this moment, I repent and choose to stop holding these things against name the person any longer. Instead, I choose to forgive name the person just as you have forgiven me. I ask you to bless the name of the person in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're not quite ready to forgive the person who hurt you, then stop. However, if you are ready to forgive, pray. As you go through this process, you may also recognize your need to ask for forgiveness of others. Although this is often a very very healthy response, sometimes we need to seek wise counsel from a pastor, small group leader, or trusted friend to walk alongside us as we seek forgiveness or even reconciliation. You may or may not feel a sense of closure after completing this session, and that's okay. This experience is meant to initiate a process of healing old wounds that will continue long after your group ends. For the rest of our our lives, we will continue to discover the ways our experiences have shaped us, good and bad, and ways we need to receive God's healing love. In our next step, we will go over family issues. We are often unaware of how our family relationships affect our sexuality. The families we grew up in taught us to be a girl or a boy, a woman or a man, and what it means to be sexually human beings. Even though not all of our families talked openly about sex, even their silence or avoidance of the topic was communicating and teaching us something. For some of us, when it came to sexuality, our families taught us what we should avoid more than what we should pursue. Our families also taught us how to love and be loved. The following exercise gives you an opportunity to explore how your family of origin shaped your view of sexuality and relationships. The purpose is not to pass blame onto our families, nor to deflect responsibility for your own actions, but to develop greater self-awareness. In the table below, circle any statements describing attitudes towards sexuality your family taught you. And this table I will have in our Dropbox, but it has so many great things like your sexuality is about whatever makes you happy your sexuality is a beautiful part of how god made us if you stay sexually pure god will bless you being single is just a good just as good as being married do what you want just don't hurt anyone sex is so much better when you wait i mean so many good things to help you identify like what that relationship was growing up And consider how these messages have affected your sexual behavior. Which ones influence you the most? Um, There's a little section where you can write this out or we can think about it out loud. Or if you're doing this with someone, um, y'all can talk about it. Uh, We did not only learn from what our family said or didn't say about sex, but by the way they did and how they treated us. We need to realize how our families hurt or hindered our sexual development. These are deep waters. If you realize the need to process your past more fully, consider seeing a professional counselor or therapist to explore these issues in more depth. Using the table below, identify how your family members related to you in a positive and negative way. And it has um, examples. And it has questions. How have your parents affected the way you relate to the opposite sex? How have your siblings affected the way you relate to the opposite sex? How might your sexual struggles be attempt to get the love you wanted but never received? And in the reflection today, what connections did you see between your wounds of the past and your current sexual struggles? I, I say for me, when I look at that question, I grew up in the church and we didn't really talk about it back then. 
if we did, it was bad, 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 bad. And so I was confused when I had the feelings and I had sexual urges. I was very confused because all I knew was that they were bad. I didn't know how to comprehend them because no one told me that like God gave me those feelings. So I was very confused when I did feel them. And then when um, I was being groomed by an older male, which at the time I didn't view it that way, um, it took me a very long time to realize that that was sexual abuse um, because for a very long time I thought it was consensual. And just recently did I realize, I I mean, outside of some situations that that was sexual abuse, that was sexual grooming. and molestation as a 12 year old but realizing the disconnect between the church not telling me that that was um an okay thing to have sexual feelings and i did go through a worth the weight program um when i was a teenager but it was after all this stuff had happened to me and so it kind of just made it worse in a sense because I had already gone through all this and they didn't really necessarily talk about, hey, if, you, if you've already been through this, you know, you can be redeemed. So I felt very dirty and I didn't want to disappoint people because I worked so hard in the church and I did so many things in the church. I did not want to put any more baggage, you know. My mom and dad already had a feeling that I was kind of depressed. They didn't really know what was going on. And I keep it, I kept it hitting very well. So it was very hard. Let's move on to the next question. How can you continue to embrace a healthier approach to sexuality than the one you grew up with? In my opinion, that's just making people aware of how to talk about sex now. We need to be aware of how to talk to our kids, how to talk to our teenagers, what to say, what to do with our teenagers, because it is so important that they know that those sexual feelings they're feeling are are real and that God made them. But here's why we wait. Here's why it's worth the wait to wait until marriage and to have that beautiful relationship with your spouse. Um, And I think that's what I'm going to do is to just start talking more about it and reaching out to parents and say, it's okay to talk to your kids about sex. They need to hear it because if they don't, they're going to go Google it. And trust me, you don't want to know what they're Googling and what they're finding out on Google. Um, So thank you for joining us this week.